my name is Emily Lehman, and this is In Layman's Terms podcast. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back today to another episode. Today, I have Jane Dye with us. Jane is an RN, and she's a certified holistic transformational health coach, and she's also a founding member and the senior vice president of the Charleston Metro Holistic Chamber of Commerce. How are you today, Jane? I'm great, Emily, and thrilled to be with you today. Thank you. Would I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, um, give sure. yourself a little background. And just so the audience knows, today we are going to be talking about sugar addiction. Exactly. So after um, years of working in hospital-based nursing practice and psychiatry, I chose to transition to work as a certified holistic health coach so I could focus on diet and lifestyle change. Um, and I founded my own company called Presido Inc. Presido is Latin to accept. So I offer private uh, and group coaching programs to clients throughout the United States. I begin the process with a free initial consultation for those who are curious about how healthy and happy they can be. Um, and this is without deprivation and denial. So they can create easy, fun, and sustainable diet and lifestyle. Because I found when you help somebody see their world differently to experiences their challenges as their gifts, um, that they show up uh, differently and they get results that seemed unimaginable or unattainable. So my goal is to have, um, to empower clients, have a better experience of themselves, others in the world. Yeah, and so for me, eating, I'm, anyone who knows me, I'm not like the cleanest, healthiest eater. So I would love for you, Jane, to explain how, what you eat, how it affects you mentally and physically. Of course, it's my pleasure. So my intention with our conversation today, Emily, for you and your listeners, is to permanently change your relationship with sugar. Please. Because so, <laughs> your life will turn out completely different when you're eating well and when you understand food because what we eat changes everything. So when we eat, food enters our mouth, goes into our stomach, um, and it gets digested. And then it's absorbed into our blood. Our blood creates our cells, our organs, our, even our thoughts and our feelings. I mean, we think differently when we eat um, meat than when we eat broccoli, right? And we feel differently when we drink coffee or alcohol um, or when we eat sugar. So those differences directly affect um, all aspects of our health, our happiness, and our well-being. So in this conversation today, I want us to get a handle on what you eat and drink, and not through willpower, okay, but by understanding uh, what causes those crazy, uncontrollable cravings, um, and knowing that there is an approach with easy, necessary tools to reduce those cravings naturally over time. So um, to begin with, it's important to understand, to kick the sugar habit, as I say, is that sugar is not the problem, it's actually the solution. Okay, well, what it's important to understand, like you just pointed, to understand why you crave and what you crave. Because most people believe cravings are a problem. But once we realize that the body is like a reliable biocomputer that never makes mistakes, um, we can conclude that cravings are critical pieces of information um, that the body is trying to send to you so you know what it needs. Because everyone, nearly everyone craves sugar, right? And when you experience it, most people go to what? You know, cookies, candy, other, other sweet and not so healthy treats. People don't realize there's just so many delicious, sweet, 
healthy alternatives that can help reduce or eliminate um, those sweet cravings. So craving is simply the body asking for energy because when sugar is digested, it becomes glucose to use for all the body cells. So all carbohydrates contain sugar, but depending upon their comp chemical composition of being simple or complex, they're processed differently. So processed foods, which contain a high level of um, refined sugars, enter the bloodstream almost immediately. Their ingestion causes a rapid rise in blood glucose or sugar levels in the body, explained as like a sugar rush, right? What happens after you do that, though? Exactly. So where other natural foods like fruits, um, which also contain some simple sugars, they're high in fiber. They have, they have fluid. They slow digestion, limiting the amount of sugar um, that enters your cells. So your body wants to maintain balanced blood sugar. So if you're eating simple sugars, you will provide a quick burst of energy, like you said, with a follow, with a crash. And you're, you're hungry. So it's no surprise right? That people have these uncontrollable um, sugar cravings. And the, it's complicated by the fact that there's sugar everywhere. I mean, just think, especially even before COVID, where you went, there was sugar everywhere. I mean, can you even think about one place? Because I've only thought of two places that I never saw sugar. No, yeah, everywhere. The sugar. only two places I saw, and this is because I'm a nurse, is like a hospital operating room or a delivery room, like everywhere, right out in the hallway, the vending machine, it's everywhere. So that does really complicate it. But to give you a little historical um, perspective, it's been reported that 160 million Americans suffer from some sort of diet and lifestyle related condition or disease. And it's important to know that for over 40 years, Americans have been led to think that consuming fat is bad, where it turns out that it's sugar, not fat, that makes you sick and overweight. Um, sugar in all of its forms causes, is a root cause for the obesity epidemic, for heart disease, hypertension, um, cancer, dementia, type two diabetes, depression, inflammation, mood swings, fatigue, even acne, infertility, and impotence. So I mean, everything. It's, it's got a lot, right? And a lot, what we're finding now is insulin resistance, which is where we're, we, you, you're just not able to create enough insulin um, in response to all of this sugar is also at the root of what's going on. So in 2012, there was a study that showed that eating too much sugar may also disrupt one's ability to think clearly due to impair um, cell signaling. Wow. So the addictive level of, of, of sugar is shocking. Do you know that sugar is um, eight times more addictive than cocaine? That's so funny you say that because I was talking to my boyfriend last night and he said the same thing. I told him I was like interviewing and it was going to be all about right. sugar. And he's like, tell her. I was like, so yes. Well, I'm glad that we, we're both on the same page. So um, being addicted to sugar and flour then, which you know is quickly converted to glucose during digestion, is a biological disorder. Okay, so it's driven by hormones and neurotransmitters, and that's what leads to overeating, insulin resistance, compromised immunity, and um, damaging your health and well-being. So this is also, maybe he knows this too, but surveys completed by the U.S. Department of Agriculture show that sugar consumption has increased annually since 1982. Um, the average American, any guess the average American, how many pounds of sugar they consume a year approximately? Three. 152 pounds of sugar a year. It comes out <gasps> to 
roughly 22 teaspoons every day for every American. So children consume almost 34 teaspoons a day. Yeah, grab your heart. You really should grab your heart. I'm like, and teens and men consume the most sugars. So wait to hear this. This will be another gasping moment. Flour, even whole wheat is considered um, even worse. I just read about that recently. There you go, because it it raises our blood sugar even uh, more than table sugar. And we consume over 142 pounds of flour a year. So what does that mean? That's about one pound of sugar and or flour combined every day for every man, woman, and child in America. Oh my God. Isn't that, it's terrifying, right? Yeah. Um, So what you need to understand is the cause and the increase is greatly related to the sugars found within a variety of popular soft drinks and processed foods, coming mostly from the addition of sugar in the manufacturing process of these foods. Okay, so you took the food that naturally had some sugar and you added a lot in. So the number one way that we can start changing our relationship with sugar and get away from the cravings and the addiction is to know how to identify added and hidden sugars in food. So there's a simple calculation. So um, four grams of sugar equals one teaspoon or one cube of sugar. Once you know that you start looking at food labels, it will blow you away. Because, um, for example, do you know how many ounces uh, or how many grams of sugar there is in like a can of soda? No, I am like not a food label reader. Okay. And I, so and I don't drink soda. I'm like a right. water drinker. Just like, yeah, that's but great. for everyone that's listening, no, this is very interesting. 41 grams <gasps> or 10 and a quarter teaspoons or cubes. Of, I mean, would you ever put that in your lemonade, your tea or no. to drink? No. How about a cup of vanilla yogurt? Oh, between 16 and 33 grams. So between eight and a quarter teaspoons of sugar in that little container that we're all eating because we know that yogurt's like, good. Oh, it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, candy bar has 24 grams or, or six um, teaspoons. And that's also some energy bars. You know, I've, I've, I've been walking through, I did. Uh, used to do um, presentations for Whole Foods Market and they would have all these displays out long ago and they would say, oh, I have this green juice. And I would look at it and have 45 grams of sugar. So it's like having apple juice or any other juice. That is, if he goes, well, that makes it taste good. I go, but that's, it's a problem. So you're basically not doing your body a good thing when you're having that much added sugar. But so what is, um, do you know, you know, what makes sugar good or bad? I do not. It's, Okay, so it's carbohydrates, because they're in everything, even, you know, um, from candy bars to grain and even vegetables. The problem is, as we just mentioned, that people are not eating those types of carbohydrates that nature intended. We're eating these carbohydrate foods, which have been deformed and denatured, okay? So throughout two million years of evolution, um, humans have been programmed to desire sweet tasting foods. But before food processing, They came from plants like fruits, uh, squash, tubers, roots, and grains. So to get sweetness, people had to eat plants. So it should be no surprise that these these, um, food sources are great sources of nutrients, fiber, and energy, which we need to establish and maintain good health. So do you know about artificial sweeteners? I've heard about it. Yeah, of course. So they complicate the matter further because... It's getting energy. Your body thinks it's getting energy um, 
from the sweetness, which it really isn't. So it's confusing your body when it doesn't receive the nutritional support from these sweeteners, in turn promoting hunger and cravings, which support you know, the sugar habit or the sugar addiction. So artificial sweeteners are as much as 600 times sweeter than regular sugars. So what do you think happens to your sweetness sensitivity? At first, right. You, you need more and more to get that satisfaction. So that's why one of the other things we do, besides being aware of what's in processed foods, we eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables, whole grains, quality lean protein, good fats, to get those necessary nutrients that, and the fiber, the vitamins, the minerals. Your body needs to stabilize your blood sugar, eliminate cravings. So the easiest thing we can do is start first incorporating sweet vegetables and fruits, just put them in the diet. What they will do is they will naturally crowd out those foods that we've been dependent upon. And the good news with fruits and vegetables are there is no limit to how much you really can eat. Even the American Diabetic Association has said, you know, to diabetics, you can eat as much as you want. Now, some fruits have higher sugar values than others. So if people are looking to stabilize blood sugar, if they already have conditions or they're trying to lose weight, we need to tweak that a little bit. But you honestly can eat larger quantities of, of fruits than you certainly can of, you know, candy. There's no question about it and have a lot more nutrition. And we want to look to nature. So right now where it's in summer, in most places here, um, so you can go to the market or even better, your farmer's market, see what's in season. They're usually the sweetest, the freshest, and also the lowest cost. Um, so saving you uh, money as well as, you know, getting you some great nutrition. They have the greatest flavor, nutrient density. So again, um, it's really important to consider whole foods, how you add them into your diet to eliminate processed foods. That means you never eat it. It means, no, you become a really savvy, um, you know, shopper. And you start listening to your body. That's one of the greatest things about this approach I love is that it builds this intuitive sense of what do I want? Because it's really important that we not consider only what we eat, but who we are when we eat is really, really important. So who are you being when you eat? How much time do you give yourself to consume a meal? You know? Really slow. Right, do you eat on the go in the car? Do you chew your food completely before swallowing? So again, it's important not only what you eat, but how you eat. So digestion starts in the mouth, okay? So chewing is the first step. So the last time you ate something, did you even give a thought to chewing? No, not really. Yeah, right. So most likely not. As chewing for most people is like an automatic response. So do you know what the average number of chews someone takes before swallowing? Three to four. You win. That's oh, about yeah. it. But think about that. Think about whatever piece of food in your mouth that only gets chewed three or four times. Do you think that's been masticated to the point that by the time it hits your stomach, you're gonna, it's going to be well ready to be digested. It isn't because saliva in the mouth is really wonderful for breaking down um, constituents of food in particular fats. So that just helps with our digestion. And when we eat slower, a couple of things happen. We don't consume as much gas. I know like babies, you know, when they nurse or drink a bottle and they get too much air in, get all that, that gas, right? Well, as adults, we do too. And then also, if you slow down by chewing, you afford your brain the recognition that you're getting full. 
So we tend not to overeat. So we don't feel bloated and gross. And, you know, we maintain a healthy weight more easily and with more satisfaction. You know, we feel fuller and more and more relaxed. And that's key. Not eating under stress is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. So especially, you know, maybe some people got used to that when they were home more during COVID. A lot of us are returning to the office now. We're going back to what many people put in quotes as normal. Well, what is normal? We need to look at the things that really help us enjoy our food. Because it's supposed to be a pleasurable experience. It's not just a bit, it's supposed to be, you know, open mouth and serve food and, you know, and off we go. So that's really important to how we're going to manage um, sugar addiction. You mentioned it earlier, you drink a lot of water. Hydration is so key because when we're dehydrated, we often confuse hunger uh, with thirst. We're actually dehydrated already by the time we're thirsty. So drinking water or non-caffeinated, non-alcoholic beverages is a perfect way to help with sugar addiction. First of all, you're just going to have much better um, feeling in your body. A lot of our chronic conditions are related to being dehydrated. So that will help you also feel fuller. So you're going to slow things down and you give yourself a moment to say, what do I really want to eat? And that's key. Check in with yourself. Because the goal here is, is to eat like we did if we had a healthy relationship food as a child, is to eat that way. It's like, what do I really want? What is my, my body craving? And when we have sugar addiction, those signals are all off, right? We're not paying attention to all of that. We're just know that we've, you know, we're tired. We need energy. And this is particularly true three o'clock in the afternoon or circadian rhythms go, oh, we're beat. So what do people reach for? Caffeine, sugar, things of that sort, which again, as we discussed, you get a boost, but then you get a crash. So if you can replace some of that by having those fresh foods available, and that's critical. Now that we're on the go, one of the best things is to bring along with you some healthy foods, right? That are really portable, that you can throw in your bag, in your car, whatever, and they're there. So you're not stuck with the, the crazy hungry moments where you make bad decisions. Because when we get to that point, you know, we're not rational anymore. We're, you know, we're on to whatever is available. And I can only tell you horror stories about what people have told me to have eaten in, in a hungry, you know, moment where they really don't have access to healthy food. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, when I was like back working, like in an office, you know, I would pack like carrots and hummus or like nuts and like things like that, which was always really easy to just like throw mm -hmm. in a Tupperware and, right. you know, whatever right. versus going out one, spending money at somewhere and then two, buying junk. Exactly. So it, it's, it's a very sound strategy. And, you know, it has to be your personal preferences. It doesn't have to be anybody else's personal preferences. But we tend to eat from a very small list of foods. So the whole idea is trying new things. Do you know how many times it takes somebody to try new food before they can really decide they like it? I'm the pickiest eater. So trying new foods is like, this is hitting me all right on the head. So mm -hmm. I am at least three times. At least three times. And that's true for children and adults. And it may be the way it's prepared. Because, okay. I mean, uh, my husband didn't like certain vegetables, but when you roast them, they become caramelized and really sweet. So now he's a big fan. I mean, this is a man who would never eat a Brussels sprout because people would boil it and he'd be like, and I, I, I'm right with him. That's not happening on my plate. But when they're caramelized, 
and just need a little bit of good oil and a little bit maybe salt and pepper and throw them in the oven. You know, you have this sweet caramelized treat and this wonderful vegetable. So it's trying it new ways. Um, there are lots of sources out there for inspiration. Whether you are omnivore, whether you're a vegetarian, whether you're a vegan, there are lots. If you're a vegan, you're already doing a lot of vegetables. But that doesn't mean you're not eating processed foods because there are a lot of foods that are vegan that aren't necessarily healthy. And that's where reading the labels. So really easy with label reading since that's not something you, don't, you really don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Besides knowing the sugar equation, it's looking to see how many ingredients are on there. And do you even know what they are? Like a lot of them are chemicalized. You know, if you can't pronounce it or you don't recognize it, you might want to put it back on the shelf. Totally. You know, if it looks like food, it's most likely food. So, you know, those are things. So eating things that come from nature, from the outside aisles of the, of the grocery store or the market. Um, and, and also when you are looking at processed foods, you know, pronounceable, recognizable ingredients and a short list, ideally, you know, five or less, which isn't always the case. And also understanding there's a lot of inflammatory oils. They only complicate the situation. So a lot of the vegetable oils, like corn oil and canola oil at all, they may reduce your cholesterol, but they have a high inflammatory rate. So there's other things to pay attention to. So good fats, because they keep us full, you know. So, of course, the darling of the nutrition world is the avocado, um, which, by the way, you can make ice cream with. Look at the face. Or pudding. Yeah, you can mix, yes, you can mix ripe avocado with cacao, and you can oh, make wow. yourself pops and 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 um, puddings um there's lots of fun things i mean i don't consume dairy usually so i make my own cashew milk um, oh wow super super simple you want to sweeten a little you don't throw in sugar you throw in a couple of natural dates pitted dates uh make homemade energy bites with dates and nuts and seeds that you could pop in that bag as well and take yeah. it to work and have a sweet treat that is good. Now, granted, dried fruits have a lot more sugar than, um, than fresh fruit, but combined with nuts and seeds and things like that, I mean, we don't have to live like on, on you know, tree bark, um, you know, in order <laughs> not to, not, you know, we're going to be attracted to sweets and, and a lot of sweet foods are good for us. It's just how, how we incorporate them in the diet. Yeah, and so I guess trying to take a step back from eating like tons and tons of sugar, um, you know, I would assume you will also go through some type of withdrawal. You know, your body is not getting as much sugar as you once were. So I feel like, you know, like getting headaches, being tired. What other symptoms, you know, can people expect to see when they do start cutting back on those sugars? Well, again, foods may uh, taste bland at first because you have, you know, such a need for high level of sugar to taste that sweetness. So I would say use gentle sweeteners. I mean, the goal is to eliminate added sugar if we can, but, you know, instead of using artificial sweeteners, maybe use just a little good local honey, you know, use a little real maple syrup. Sorry, I'm not going to make name any brands, but you know, if it's high fructose corn syrup, it's not maple syrup with maple color or maple flavor. You know, look for things that nature makes. There's there's um, sweet um, rice sugar. There are different ways. So what I would say is we just slowly 
titrate back. The same thing if you were going to eliminate caffeine. Really hard to eliminate caffeine all at once without getting those headaches or the jitters or whatever. So you just start increasing your water, your herbal teas, things of that sort. Swap out maybe, you know, um, you know, a sugary iced tea for a green tea with a little bit of sweetener. You know, just start cutting back a little at a time. But I can tell you with clients that I've worked with that their sugar cravings can be completely eliminated three weeks without symptoms. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And that's by getting more hydration, more fiber, more fat, all these things that stabilize our blood sugar so we don't have those cravings. So we're not feeling crazy at any particular time. Eating breakfast is really important if you like breakfast. If you don't, consider what you're going to do later. A lot of people, myself included, sometimes do intermittent fasting. So that's a whole different way of approaching things. But when we eat breakfast, we basically start a metabolism. So we, whatever our first day is, whenever we are breaking the fast, which is what breakfast is, is to have some produce. That's one of my biggest recommendations. Have produce at every meal. So depending upon what kind of breakfast you like, if you like a sweeter breakfast, go get some berries. You know, put a little maybe banana. Maybe you're making toast and you're putting a little avocado spread on it or something of that sort. Um, You know, and then I have clients who love savory breakfasts. They'll make breakfasts that are more akin to other cultures. You know, I have one client that she sautés vegetables for her breakfast. But she puts a little carrot and something. So it's rethinking what we think breakfast is to but making sure whatever it is, is something that is, is as a way nature intended it to be. Interesting. Yeah. I'm a big breakfast person. I like, am very cranky. If I like don't eat in the morning, I get really, really hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. So breakfast. You can make a lot of food. So if if you were to go to my website, I have a lot of recipes that allow you, and and there are lots of other sources I share with clients, not only my own, of course, um, where you can make a two ingredient um, pancake that has no flour. Okay. You make a bread, homemade bread in a blender, five ingredients, takes five minutes to make it. And you throw it in your oven, you cook it for like 30, 35 minutes and you're good to go. And you can enhance all these foods by adding in certain fruits and vegetables, by adding in seeds like hemp seeds, which have a lot of protein, chia, uh, ground flax seeds, sunflower seeds, all ways to just have fun with food and have food that's too good on the go, you know, so things you can take with you. Yeah. I never really thought about sunflower seeds. Like mm-hmm. I said that I used to snack on those like all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and now I feel like I never eat them. So well, that's just it. You can go into your market and be like an explorer, start looking at things. And you may actually find once you do start reading labels that it's very empowering and you get to the point where you look at something and you, you choose it not because I say that it's good or bad because I'm not the one who determines that you are. You get to, you get to call the shots. You go like, do I want to put this in my body? How am I going to feel afterwards? Because food is about energy. There's not a list of good or bad foods. 60% of the population has a hard time digesting dairy. So, you know, we can look at what are dairy alternatives or sheep and, sheep and goat are less inflammatory for some people than cow. So you, you have to know yourself. So that's why when you cut down that sugar and you can actually listen to what your body is really craving. Sometimes it'll be sweet and sometimes it will be savory, you know, and you'll, you'll be able to, to make a better decision because you will not be overwhelmed with, you know, 
the, the sugars, the sugars addictive properties. But for those people who are blaming themselves, it's really not their faults. These are inner foods uh, because what do you do when you finish that bag of chips or cookies? Go back to the store. You buy another one. Buy some more. <laughs> buy some more. So, and that's to say that not that you never eat those foods again, but you're intentional about them. So if I'm going to eat a cookie, I don't eat wheat. I have a sensitivity to it. But I can tell you, I will find the single best gluten-free cookie if I want to have a cookie. And I'll sit and savor that cookie. It's not the cookies are off the table, but they're not in alignment with how I want to feel in my body usually. So they're an easy no. Yeah. I've gotten to that point um, where I can listen. I had food sensitivities diagnosed back in my 50s. Mm-hmm. So um, had to change for those reasons, but still can find. There's so many things that you can find that you like. And being a picky eater... Um, you start with what you like and, and you and you build on that. What, what, what foods do you like and what can you add in just to try something a little new? Yeah, I've definitely been trying to like expand my palate mm-hmm. over the last like few years and definitely living in Los Angeles has helped just like all the yeah. cultures and the different foods and, and the availability of fruits and vegetables in on the West Coast, especially in your area, is incredible. Yeah, I, mean, I you know. actually went to the farmer's market yesterday um, and I was just walking through like the freshly squeezed orange juice. It just smells like so good. It's like it's incredible. So it really does. You know, I lived in um, in Italy six years ago or something but just the fruits and the clementines and everything there like i would go to the market and i would just be eating clementines just you know like all day long they're so good yeah. and like come back to america and it's it's just not the same like it's just mm-hmm. it's so totally different so well, it's they, really they treat their food differently they treat their food differently that is the only place that i can occasionally eat a little bit of wheat and not feel um, the effects from it because it's artisanal wheat. Mm-hmm. A lot of our wheat here is hybridized. So my body doesn't understand what to do with that. So it's kind of off off, off the list for me. I, I play every once in a while. But, um, you know, and it's listening to your body, knowing, knowing what you can do. But to your point, and honestly, the more people who are out there buying those clementines in the United States, or now we have tangerines or, or um, um, some of the other mandarins, the demand will be there. It will show up. I mean, if you look at what the percentage of organic uh, foods are now available in your markets compared to even just a few years ago, um, it will come if we demand it. And it is one of the best ways you can vote. I'm not going to get political here, but when you buy these foods, you give a clear message to the food industry, which you know um, doesn't really necessarily have our backs always that those are the foods that you want. You don't want foods that are processed. You want foods that are real foods, that are nutrient dense and healthy. And um, because they do, they shape our, our bodies, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, all get, get related to what we eat. So what you put on your fork is yeah. actually a political, you know, political uh, choice. Yeah, and honestly, you know, before we had this conversation, obviously like, you know, it's important, like what you put into your body, but I, I don't think I really realized like the depth, I guess, of like, goes even further. like yeah. how important it is. It goes even further. I don't know if you were familiar with um, the movie that came out, Super Size Me. Yes, I believe I watched it um, in school a few times. And you could see how as a result of eating processed food, how rapidly 
his body just his body just changed. So it also has to do with our longevity. So when you eat a healthy meal, you're actually creating a length a lengthening of your telomeres on your DNA for longevity. And when you eat terrible meals, you're actually shortening them. Does that mean it can't help? No, because the body is designed to be self-healing and self-repairing instinctively. It just needs the right fuel. I mean, you wouldn't go ahead and put, you know, Coca-Cola in your car's engine. It's it's not going to run on it, right? It's got, right. got energy, but it's not the right energy. So, um, you know, those are the things to consider. And, and there are lots of other things around why we eat and how we eat. And that's what I really get into my clients with to really personalize their experience. So it's really just their way. It's not my way or your way. It's their way, but they feel great in the body. They have tons of energy, you know, they can pursue the things they want to do in their life uh, without feeling, um, you know, uncomfortable in their bodies. Yeah. When I, um, you know, was getting sober and was going through, all of that whole process, you know, five years ago, like fruits and like everything in the mornings were such a crucial part of my diet because they just like, I don't know, they just like made me feel good. They just like really helped. So like, well, you probably had a lot of nutrient deficiencies and you were eating foods that were, were, were absolutely starting to restore your healthy, your healthy body. Yeah. And I just remember like eating like fruits and it just being like my body feeling like oh my god i'm like feeling so much better with like the water and it's just like the little things you know so that's really it is and i'm so glad you said that because what i want you and everyone who's listening to understand is that big issues require small changes and small changes take care of big issues so this is not meant to be overwhelming if you did simply by adding in a single a serving, especially of green leafy vegetables per se, per day to whatever you're doing, you will have a major upgrade in your diet. Um, Because think about fruits and vegetables. They're the source is the sun. I mean, they're capturing the sun's energy in that food. Um, So that's, that's really the way. And in terms of your budget, the more you go to whole foods, you know, your food budget is significantly um, improved. because the processed foods actually, if you, if you figure it out per ounce, is a lot more expensive than what you would normally buy. Unfortunately, um, it's a little different with our food system, with beef and things, it's subsidized. So it has the price that it does if you compare it to Europe. I'm sure you saw what it was in Italy. It's a lot more expensive to have different meats and all because they're high on the food chain. So also, you know, you plant seeds, you get fruits and vegetables, you know, so... Um, there's a, there's a lot to consider, but it's all it's all making it you know um, again individualized to what you want and how you want to feel in your body. Yeah, I definitely am going to like try and eat healthier this week after our conversation because, you know, I was telling you on the phone before we had the discussion. I am not like the healthiest eater. I snack on candy throughout the day. I eat pasta like four times a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like not. Well, there's lots of alternatives for all of that too. You know, the fact is there are alternative pastas that don't raise your blood sugar as much. There's some of them are um, now being found in specialty stores. I share that with clients. But I also want to tell you, What's really important is not just what we eat, we talked about how to eat, but also all of the other important factors in your life, your healthy relationships, 
your fulfilling work or career, your physical activity, and whatever your spiritual awareness or practices are, these are all non-food forms of energy that are a critical part of how we live our life. Food will change everything, but it's important that we understand that get slowing down, having quiet moments, whether you choose to do intentional breathing or meditation or prayer, to spend time connecting with nature when you can, you know, that you focus on your sleep. That's a conversation if we want to have for another time. Yeah, yeah. Sleep is the most underrated health behavior and absolutely critical for resetting our hormones and, and balancing our bodies and including, you know, what we're doing as far as having those cravings. And also it's to know what's in our environment. We're exposed to so many toxic chemicals a day. Some are quoted as being obesogenic. They're endocrine disruptors. They come from personal care products. They come from the environment, what, you know, pesticides, herbicides. They also come from cleaning products, you know, um, air fresheners, whatever. So all of those things are critical to helping our body to function um, more healthfully. So those, those are things, but so you're fine when you slow down and you find sweetness in non-food ways, you create more balance in your life. Yeah. And I think that's super important, you know, with mm -hmm. people in recovery, I think figuring out their diet is mm -hmm. very crucial into how you feel and kind of just how you're setting yourself up to take those next steps and feeling good and eating well is super important. So I think if someone is listening and you're trying to, you know, kick that sugar habit or whatever it might be. Um, I hope you found this really interesting because I've learned so much, like the teaspoons and the sugar and just like everything is very alarming. <laughs> like I, it's crazy. But the great thing is some of those things are totally within your control. There's some things we can't control, but that we certainly can. So Absolutely. at least when we're able to, to understand that relationship, we get to choose. We're, we're not just, you know, working on some bad information or go into our default mode. We get to make a choice and one that's right for us. And um, it really does. Small changes like that have a tremendous impact on how we can live more healthfully and joyfully. I mean, this is really, it's about having fun. I mean, we lost our adventure. You were talking about eating in Italy and I just saw you light up because it, there's a whole different approach to food um, there than is, other yeah. parts of Europe and all about, you know, slowing down, savoring the meal, connecting with other people. Um, if you ever look at the blue zones, the, the places in the world where people live the most healthfully for the longest, they're centenarians. All the things we've been talking about and then some other practices are part of why they live so long and so joyfully and so healthfully. And, and it's really getting back to some really important basics, you know? Back to the basics. Yeah, and giving yourself some grace, like being kind with yourself as you're trying to make those changes and just realize that it's a process. And as long as you're intentional about it, and if you need support, you get support. So that yeah. you can, you can, you can get, get, you know, further along maybe than you would on your own. Yeah. And if anyone does need any type of like holistic food coaching, I'm going to leave Jane's information in the show notes, her website, everything. So you guys can reach out to her and ask her any questions. If you guys have any Jane, is there anything else, any little facts of knowledge you want to leave the audience with today? <laughs> 
Just that, you know, that the body is um, designed really, as I said earlier, to be self-healing and self-repairing. We just need to give it a little help to do that. And also not to be afraid to ask for help. I think that's something you and I really discussed that, you know, we're all in this together and that if somebody needs some help, they certainly um, can get it um, either in person and now virtually and online. That's why I offer a free initial consultation for anybody who is curious. There's no obligation. I want people to know uh, what their next step is, uh, whether it is to work with me or not, because I really, my vision is really a happier and healthier people on a healthier and happier planet. Yeah. And that's awesome. I think that you doing that and giving back and helping is amazing. And there's so much to learn, I think, because, you know, those people do take those steps and it's like, okay, I am clean now. I'm not addicted or I'm X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, okay, how else can I help take care of my body? And your diet, you know, is obviously the next step. And so, so and then people could keep up leveling. There's like no end to how much, you know, um, you can enjoy life. I mean, that's part of it. When people come to me, they're kind of on low. And the whole idea is for them to really shine their light and share it with other people. So other people are inspired to live more healthy and, 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 and in a way that makes them happy and complete. Yeah, because we feel like what you just said, it kind of reminded me of like a gas tank, you know, like people are coming to you on E and we're just like refilling and refueling with healthy foods and good habits and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jane. This was very informative. I'm a little scared. <laughs> for Don't be scared. You can always call me, Emily. We can always chat further. <laughs> no, but actually I would love to have you back and talk about sleep hygiene in the future because that to me is, that's huge. Sleep. I would love to. It's one of my favorite topics that, yeah, that, that people tend to just, you know, we're rewarded in this society to like, you know, burn the candle from both ends and ultimately um, our health as well as our happiness suffers tremendously if we don't. Sleep is is the perfect reset. It's, you know, the old staples easy button in some ways, you know, it's a it's critical part. In fact, I'll leave people with this. If they're trying to cut sugar, because one of the things is they want to maintain a healthier body weight, um, sleeping well, you will generally weigh five pounds less from doing nothing else. Huh because we're talking about those hormones and those neurotransmitters and their ability to reset, which all happens in sleep. We need to have great sleep cycles in order to, to um, actually get the benefits of sleep. And there are certain ways that we can talk about what you're eating and what you're doing that makes that much more likely. So I'd love to come back and talk to you about that. Yes, that would be amazing. I would love to do that. So go enjoy your breakfast. It's been a pleasure and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye, sweetie. Bye. And to everyone who's donated to my podcast so far, thank you so much. If anyone does want to donate to my podcast, I will leave the link below. It's just on my landing page. Donations help to continue my podcast and help it grow. Everyone who's helped support me, I really appreciate it. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you for joining us today on this episode, and hopefully we could put this lesson into layman's terms. See you guys next episode.